We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, what's happening? Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns, here with co-host Andrew Spade. We are going through, uh, you know, our usual college slate, NFL slate, pick them. We're going to go through all of that. But as we try to do on these Saturdays, we will update you on what we know about the ever-important Friday injury report. And from the Brown side, two people ruled out that we expected ruled out Juan Thornhill. At this point, we had no real update of anything substantial for him, and he missed another practice. So he's ruled out. Uh, Marquis Goodwin is still uh, obviously dealing with his concussion issues. So he's, he's still in the protocol. He is out. The good news though, for the Browns, uh, Andrew, which we should hit on is Dewan Jones is back. So that means they started, I I guess we're to believe he's going to start at right tackle because they said, you know, Jerron Christian is starting at left tackle. So it confirms what we saw in the film, which is James Hudson is a pretty big liability. As far as we know, like we haven't heard them say like, you know, Dewan is starting right. To, we, if he's just healthy, and he's playing. He's going to play right tackle in this game. So right. that's the uh, avenue here. And I think it's a it's a pretty big deal. I mean, you hope that the common fallacy that you can have with this is that when you get an injured player back, you presume they're back to being the player they were before an injury. He was wearing a knee brace. Uh, I hope that all of that is in check because they need that version of Dewan Jones. They got the first time they ran into Pittsburgh, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you hope that he's healthy or healthy-ish, and is able to do what he did before. Um, even if he is healthy, it's still a, a mammoth undertaking, what they're going to do. And so, obviously, you, you much prefer him to Hudson because Hudson, you know, showed an inability to anchor last week at times that just like, kind of blows your hair back a little bit. Like, you see him getting lifted off the ground a few times, you know, and it, it's just it's a little startling to see in the NFL, I guess is the way I would say it. Like, he it's it's I think frankly I think his anchor is not NFL level is is the way to say it like he cannot hold up against the strength of NFL rush ends so Jones certainly can with his size obviously it's a kind of kind of a no-brainer so um yeah and and Christian you know was was I think much you know I would use the word adequate I guess and so Yeah, I thought I was I was pleased to say to see that he was is going to be the left tackle and so you know you hope Hudson can can hang out on the bench and uh, come in for the six, seven offensive lineman stuff that I think we're going to see a lot of. And at least he's ready to go in terms yeah, of, of having some practice time and played last week that you can get him off 
the sideline onto the field if you need to, if anything happens with Dewan. I mean, we've seen so many Browns players leave for stretches in games and yeah. come back. It's just been one of those years. So, uh, you know, keep an eye on that, obviously. But two things we should hit on from other quarterback news, kind of outside the Browns, but kind of maybe inside the Browns, Joe Flacco's in for a visit. So the grainy hey, photo of him on a plane comes to fruition as being true. Nobody had it other than this random person uh, on the flight uh, tweets it out or gets sent that picture from somebody on a flight, whatever, whatever. Uh, thoughts on Joe Flacco coming in? I know Elijah Moore today gave a quote about Flacco because they spent time together last year in New York and the year before. I think Flacco was there for three years, if I recall. He said, I had a great time with him. He's a great leader. He's a vet. And I know that uh, anyone and I know anyone that would be around him would have a great time and learn a lot. So Elijah, having played with him, tells you a little bit of a story and you know, I, we haven't heard anything as we're sitting here recording this in the afternoon. We haven't we haven't heard anything late afternoon. We haven't heard anything. So, you know, if there's an announcement of a signing, we'll see. He was the only quarterback in for a meeting, workout, tryout, whatever. I, I just have a hard time imagining them like putting Joe Flacco through like 30 throws on the field. It's like you kind of know who Joe Flacco is. So uh, I, I think it's uh, I think it's an interesting move as long as they don't feel like the personality is too large for the guys that are here uh, as far as like, can you soak up that uh you know sort of element of like you know black is a super bowl mvp he's done real things in the league so i like the presence i think it can be good and his ability to play or not probably hinges on what dtr does this weekend unfortunately but uh, i'm interested in this route over the route of bringing in somebody like off of a practice squad or off of the street who's more of just a a truly practice squad player i think that you just need a veteran presence, a guy like this that can help, but I'm, I'm open to being told I'm wrong about it. If this is something you think disrupts the flow of things a little bit. No, I I'm on board with that. I mean, I, I think it's, you know, I, I was just looking up his, his stats from last year um, by D D Y A R, which is a, 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 you know, football outsiders, siders, Aaron shots stat. He was actually uh, right at the same level as Deshaun Watson. Uh, last year so I think he played three games he played a really strong second game the Browns game he threw four touchdowns 330 or something like that Mm -hmm. and then the next week I think they maybe went to Baltimore or something of the like and he he threw a couple picks and they pulled him he was done for the year Um, so and I don't know if that was injury related I don't recall but he had a bad game and then I think he didn't play very many games if if uh, if you have that in front of you yeah it was four starts five games played total okay Something so, like that then yeah. in, the, in the in the ballpark. But mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And so um I'm I'm looking at the log here, uh, just briefly. It was those first three games. It was the Bengals week three. Uh he was twenty eight of fifty two. Holy cats. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh with two picks. And so I think that got got him benched and then he uh he started the last game of the year against Miami and was was pretty poor in that one too. But um I think the main thing that you would be looking for from him if he was where they had to go for the Browns would be they they need to find an option somewhere somehow that won't turn the ball over. They you know, they need to find their Kenny Pickett for lack of a better term, right? Like Pickett has been bad by every metric, but he mm-hmm. has the fewest turnover-worthy plays of any quarterback, right? So um or the fewest turnovers. I I think he has more turnover-worthy plays, but the fewest turnovers. So um they they need that, you know, because the the offense, when it has taken care of the ball, has been sufficient through the running game and schemed up passes to to get to 17, 20, 23 points, which is enough with this defense to win games. But if you're handing the other team the ball three times in a game, 
you know, you, you, you can't play that way. You have to play catch up and then that's when things get extended. So I think, you know, that would be the appeal of a veteran, whether it's Flacco or any other veteran name you want to pull out of a hat is just take care of the ball, which Flacco has at times been okay at and other times has really struggled with. Yeah, the burden can't be high. However, they have to keep that burden low uh, going about it that way. Because I felt like the Jets were like heaping it all onto him last year. I know the Jets they really obviously were. switched. Yeah. They switched coordinators and they've gone through changes and all of that. But like he was he was slinging that thing. And I don't want Flacco throwing it more than like 20, 25 times a game. And you're talking about the Bengals game. He threw 50 throws. I think the Browns gave me through 44, something like that. Nailed it. 44. So really- First week against Baltimore, he threw 59 times. I mean, they, they were overexposing him an insane amount. An insane amount is the right way to put it. So yeah, you would obviously reduce that burden significantly. And yeah. I, and I think it's got a chance with somebody who's seen a ton of football to be a calming presence too. So I like the security part of that. Side. I agree. We'll see if they actually go ahead and make the deal. But as we sit here, I think it's kind of pointing in that direction, given they haven't worked anybody else out and they need to figure some things out with that third role. Well, and you and I kind of agreed that I would like to see this happen before the game on Sunday, because I don't want it to feel like an, a referendum on the rookie quarterback. You know, I, yeah. I think that it's a minor thing. It's obviously not like the reason to do it, but if you can do it tomorrow, or today, later, whatever, you know, um, probably on Saturday when you're doing all the practice squad stuff and elevations and whatever. Um, it, to me, it just feels cleaner than, than DTR is bad. And then here comes Joe Flacco on Monday. That feels rough for the kid. So I don't know. Two I, times it'd be rough for the kid too. Yeah. Yeah. It starts, it starts to feel like they really don't want him to be the quarterback despite drafting mm-hmm. him. So um, I, I, I don't see the downside in adding him to the practice squad, at least, you know, um, it's a pretty low risk thing. So um, I'd like to see it. I also wouldn't mind, frankly, having him on the roster for Sunday. Uh, I know it's very early, but you know, I mean, crazier things have, hap- have happened than you know one quarterback being really bad and the other quarterback being hurt, and you're kind of stuck. So, yeah, um, it's the Steelers, right? Like it is. weird. Things I mean, happen. I do not want. I, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but the idea of some somebody that isn't a quarterback having to play snaps is is chilling. And again, yeah, it's the Steelers. Weird things happen. Speaking of the Steelers, weird things happen. They're getting Dorian Thompson Robinson, and now we learn today Joe Burrow uh, tore a ligament in his hand. So he, they, they, the following week they're going to get whoever, Kyle Allen or whatever route. I, I don't know. Jake Browning is, I think, their guy now, the backup there. So, you know, Pittsburgh living that life, <laughs> getting those opportunities. I still feel like I've kind of said to a couple people, Andrew, like my my mixture of this weekend, my feeling is unique in terms of I have a lot of confidence, but a lot of nervousness like the most mixed confidence with nervousness I think I've ever had in in terms of a single game where there's so many elements that point Browns but there are you know the looming things here sitting there that always come up in Browns Steelers Mm -hmm. games with quarterback play that makes you so nervous but I want to hit on and we'll talk about the game when we do gambling in just a minute uh, you know, uh, Joe Burrow and what the Bengals do, right? Yeah. I, I said it yesterday's pod. I opened with this because it had happened when I recorded it late, but I don't know what the Bengals <laughs> options are here. I mean, mm-hmm. they can trudge forward. The, the schedule's brutal the rest of the way. One of the NFL's toughest. And then, you know, you're already dealing with T Higgins and the rib, I think is what he's dealing with as far as yeah, I remember. The back injury, I think. I think no, uh, the Jamar's got the back. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Out. I apologize. So, but that's why my thought is like, or how much are you exposing? And I guess yeah. my thought is the Bengals might just shut it down. Like they might shut down the top down part of the operation here because, yeah. you know, you don't want to further risk 
two wide receivers you envision being a part of your team next year to, to greater injury when when you look at it it's just so far-fetched to think that with their AFC record in the in the division record they're going to find a way to get into the playoffs you know I think if this were closer to the end of the season and maybe they were like eight and seven you could talk yourself into it but man right now it's really challenging so if I were a Bengals fan I said this yesterday you tell me if you would agree with it or not because this is kind of a you know a spot in which you start to look at your season completely differently when you lose Joe. You know, you go from Joe Burrow's play, which hasn't been great this year, but was starting to pick up mm-hmm. to what they're getting with Browning. And you look at the way the division is shaping up. I would not mind sort of tanking, packing it in, trying to get a top 10 pick, flirt with the with the Brock Bowers range if you can, and get that fourth place schedule and come back next year healthy and ready to go. And like Burrow and all the guys are ready to go. And, you know, you're a year uh you know, a year more experience for a young defense. That would be the way that I'd be interested in going from the Bengals side of things, but they've been winning the division and it's hard to just say, okay, the season's over and it's November 17th. That's a lot of football to go through. So I can understand the flip side of it, but man, as far as like long-term outlook, the Bengals being bad, just this rest of the year, getting a top 12 pick and landing somebody like Bowers would be a really unfortunate outcome for, you know, the look of what that team would, would be going forward. So I threw that out, but I don't know if you think that is if you were a, sing, a Cincinnati supporter, you would you would fall in line with that. I mean, I I think I think as a supporter, it's okay to get in line with it. I think it's the, the question is how the team feels about it, right? Because like, I think tanking for seven games when you came into the the season expecting to go to a Super Bowl is is a very hard gear shift, right? And so, um, obviously their season has been disappointing, but I think it's it would be a tough sell to for them to punt on seven games three of which are in the division. I mean, I look at their schedule. I think if you're a Bengals player, you're thinking we can win three of the next four and be sitting, you know, back at, that would put them at eight and six. Like, um, you know, they, they've got the Steelers next week. Uh, and then they go to Jacksonville. That one's tough, but then they've got the Colts and the Vikings at home. Like, I don't know. I mean, I know they still got to go to Pittsburgh and to Kansas city, but if you, you know, I mean, I think we, we all think that nine and eight might be at the fringe of the divisional hunt. If they can find a way to go four and three, I think they could be in the, in the mix here. And I, you know, I don't know if it's Jake Browning for the rest of the season. I don't know if they make a move at quarterback, bring somebody in from the outside. Uh, you know, I, th- I think they've got to be tempted because I don't know that Jake Browning has done much in the league, but yeah, I, I mean, that's kind of what it looks like to me is I, th- I would be leaning the way of as as a as a fan you can you can get pretty quick to being like okay this isn't our year and you can emotionally divorce for it but if you if you're in the in the locker room every day i think it's a lot harder yeah that would have to come from up top right that right. sort of thing we talk about with the cardinals where they're not players don't tank they can't you can't play the nfl in a way that you know is, yeah. is a mold of giving up on plays right. and giving up on effort it's too obvious and like they're not wired that way. So yeah, it would have to come like, Oh, we're shutting Jamar down. He's back more serious than we thought. And right. And with T and like, yeah, if you get to that point, you're probably there, but I would say, you know, you're talking about three out of four, if they could do, I mean, I I think they'll probably attack it the way you're talking about. If they can get two or three of these next four, then maybe you get hungry to finish the year. But if you go one and three, then you you start to say, okay, I got some, some, some pain and ailing things here that I think that's it. They leave the window open a few more weeks and kind of see where they're at. I mean, and, and by the way, for the Steelers, they don't, they not only do they get Jake Browning or whomever next week, they get the Bengals again with a backup quarterback. So they get two, you know, I, you don't want to call them freebies. It's the NFL, but 
you know, the the path we're talking about, they get the Bengals twice for the rest of the season. The Ravens had to play the Bengals twice at mostly full strength. You know, they got a, uh, you know, a game and a, and a half of, of Joe Burrow, I think, but, uh, you know, the, the Steelers duck it. And so it just continues to be that luck for the Steelers where if they can find a way to get a road win against Cleveland this week, thinking about this from the Pittsburgh perspective, they're going to be seven and three with two kind of gimme games against the Bengals. They, they, you start to talk about the Steelers as a presumptive playoff team, which is considering, you know, what the sort of popular conception of their team is becomes a real laugh riot. They've also got the Cardinals, the Patriots, and the Colts on their schedule. The Steelers might win it's, it's 11, wild. 12 games. Like, I it's hate to, absolutely I hate, wild. I hate to be the guy saying it, but they really might. And and actually, that that leads into kind of my big thought going into this one on Sunday, which is I am surprised at how dismissive a lot of people that I respect are about the Steelers. And I, I'm guilty, brother. I I am very guilty. You know what this. I from, yeah from I did and I listened to you and John talk about it. Um, the impression that I get is that everybody's kind of got what the Steelers were over the first month of the season frozen in their head, but the Steelers have improved from from there. And they're, they've figured some stuff out in the run game post by that really works for them. They started using Jalen Warren more than Najee Harris, which is a, a you know I mean they, that they blew that draft pick on Harris, no doubt about it. The, the passing game rem, remains a total black hole, but listen, like I think you can describe the Browns and the Steelers as pretty much the same team right now. And so yeah, I don't, when I think about this game on Well, Sunday, outside of this, outside of their defense is, is using turnover luck, whereas the yeah. Browns are thriving as a total unit. I would say if you look at the Steelers – yardage given and things of that like you would agree with me how many times have we shot messages into slack this year where it's like and again they get another fluky turnover and again so like sure, i sure. i totally understand the the overall from the from the high perspective looking down on it they're very similar mm-hmm. i just think the browns defense we're doing a little bit of a disservice to call those defenses the same where i think pittsburgh's getting some luck on those things and they're just not as complete a unit but you know, especially with Minka's out. I should have mentioned that earlier. Minka is yeah. out and Keanu Nealer is also out. And that makes a huge difference, and, yeah. Yeah, and Montrevious Adams up front, who's been pretty pretty good against the Browns recently, is also out. But yeah, I, I think I largely agree with what you're saying. They win ball games the same way. Mm-hmm. Like they mm-hmm. When they win, they win the same way. Yeah. But I think if you're lining these, te- these two teams up, Andrew, would you trust Pittsburgh more? Again, lose. <laughs> this is hard because so much of Pittsburgh is the stigma. Yeah, like I think I just trust the the roster more in Cleveland from the from the defensive side on top of what they're doing on offense than I think I do Pittsburgh. But it's not a wide gap. It's well, not. But here's the thing for me though is that if Watson is healthy, then I agree with you, right? But he's not, and so you have a complete and total question mark at quarterback. And I know, again, I know people like to make fun of Kenny Pickett. It is cathartic for Browns fans to just unleash on that kid. And I don't think he's good. I'm not sitting here defending him, but he does not, he has not this th- thus far this year turned the ball over. Now, hopefully, Sunday is the reckoning of all reckonings. And he throws like four picks and the Browns just jump all over these guys. And I am not in any way saying that I don't want the Browns to win this game, but I just I feel like people are taking this team lightly like they're a like they're a bottom quarter of the league team. And and they, you know, statistically, I your point's well taken about like total yardage. 
But if you look at DVOA, for example, they're 12th in the league in DVOA, 12th. They're 16th on offense and they're 7th on defense. The Browns are 28th on offense and 1st on defense. So it's the gap is not as wide as we want it to be where we can walk into this game with a rookie quarterback feeling like, oh, this is going to be a dismantling. Now, I know the Browns also, like the defense plays at a totally different level at home. So I still feel okay about the game, but I'm just saying with the questions at quarterback, I right now, if I was... If I if I had to put money down on which of these two teams is more likely to make the playoffs, I'm taking the Steelers. And I know that that's heresy to say on a Browns favorite podcast, but I just think the path is clearer for them between the schedule and uh, the fact that they have – he's not a good quarterback, but they have an established quarterback. He's not – I mean, people are talking about it like he's actively going out and sabotaging the team, like he's Tommy DeVito Pittsburgh or Mac Jones. Pittsburgh people are saying that too. Like he's he's been – I, I understand. I th- I certainly get where you're coming from with, with this. I think like there's some stigmas out there on Pittsburgh. The, the thing where they keep getting out gained every mm-hmm. week, mm-hmm. but they keep winning somehow kind of leads people in the direction of like, you know, this is lucky. And, you know, we've talked about this. They take on their coach, right? And yeah, I think they've sure. been pretty steadfast with Kenny about, you know, we prefer of all things, it's kind of Stefanski based, but of all things stop, we don't even turn the ball over. Mm-hmm. And he's not doing that, right? And he's he's still made some fourth quarter plays, which have been a big part of his mm-hmm. early NFL progression. All Pittsburgh games are going to be close. It's so rare you see a 49ers event. The only time that they were blown out this year, and now the Jags got the best of them, but that was 20 to 10. It wasn't really massive in any way. But the, the 49ers beat the brakes off of them. And if you look at why, well, I think Pickett threw a couple interceptions, three interceptions perhaps mm-hmm. in that game, and they – uh, hit some big runs. So yeah, I'm with you. I, I think that I've been, I, I was, I was really late on the Bengals and I've been really out too early on the Steelers and they're just sort of a thorn in your side. They do yeah. not go away. They usually, usually play a pretty clean game from a turnover perspective and they let you press. They mm-hmm. let you press. And when you press, they're getting teams to turn the football over and that's credit to them. Right. And they have run it better. I'm going to be very interested to see how the Browns handle that development in their run game. But yeah, I I don't think, and that's why I said to you a few moments back, like I'm a real weird mixture of confidence mm-hmm. and nervousness. The yeah. most I can remember about a single game, because again, you look at Pittsburgh's like linebacker situation, the safety situation. It's like, yeah. And then you're, you're like, how are they in this game? They always do this. So they're just, again, they're persistent and they deserve more credit than I think I give them. I'm willing to admit that. And I think that largely the fan base, I mean, you should never go into a game, you know, again, so much of thought process around NFL teams is tied to quarterback. You know, this well, we talk about it all the time, but like when you're going into a game with DTR, a guy we, you know, we like, and we can see the vision here, but you shouldn't feel that confident. And <laughs> I do sense that there's a lot of confidence. I will say I've sensed it from like the team, not in no, a I agree. Way here. I, agree. I want to actually play a quote from Kevin real quick uh, from his, his presser today where he talked about fans getting in the stands. I thought it was a pretty cool quote. So I'm going to play it right now. We're excited to play in front of our fans. We're excited to, to have that atmosphere. The energy that they bring has been unbelievable um, and they got to do it again. It's an all hands on deck week and that includes the fans so somebody set the air horn off in the muni lot at about twelve thirty-five. okay and get everybody's butt in that stadium because we're gonna need them early we want to start fast 
it's just not very often, Andrew, that we get these moments from Kevin where you get this little side smirk mm-hmm. and this, this, you know, again, you look with, with Kevin, he's so uh, robotic Terminator style that he, yeah. he just gives you these glimpses. You talked about it last week after they beat Baltimore, like there was some confidence in the way he was mm-hmm. answering mm-hmm. questions and the, like, mm-hmm. it looks good on him. I thought there was some confidence in the way he just asked people to blow Agreed. an air horn at 1235 and get their butt in the stadium and overwhelm Agreed. the people from Pittsburgh who will try to infiltrate. So I, again, don't well, know and, how this game's going to go. I really yeah. don't, man. But like, yeah, I, I'm I'm just excited again. Like I was excited last week for the challenge. I'm excited to see how they meet the challenge. Definitely, definitely, it's a real challenge in a fun way, and it can yeah. be. And again, it's at home. You, you you feel they've been so good at home that 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 part of it's uh, exciting too, man. Yeah. The other thing I thought that he said that was interesting there was you know about trying to get out to an early lead or or jump on yes. them early, which I like. Yes. I feel like he maybe kind of gave away the game a little bit there in terms of like, uh, I, I, it, that, that, if you, if you were dra- trying to draw up how to beat this Steelers team, it is absolutely to get a lead on them and then make Pickett yeah. throw the ball. That's yeah. so, you know, their script has to be like immaculate this week. They have to, they cannot get down early. They just can't. So they shouldn't throw an early pick six. I'm recommending One against play in. it. I'm yeah. going to, I don't usually try and tell the coach what to call, but I would not call the pick six play this week. Going two and uh, one and one on two road games in the division where you throw a pick six within the first two plays of the game. Bizarre. I guess you'll take it. I guess yeah. you'll take it. Yeah, right? it's so, all right. I would, yeah, so, so, the, the OBR's official recommendation film <laughs> breakdown here is to not do that for the record. Just want everybody to yeah, know where yeah, we're we'll, at on We that. can put that in pen. Uh, but big, big picture. I know that, like, again, nobody wants to hear a, on a Browns podcast somebody – gassing up the Steelers and I don't like doing it I'm just like I'm trying to save people from the misery that I felt in week two because I felt really confident going into week two and then they absolutely like I was sick to my stomach on the couch like a like a guy out of a Tim Robinson sketch by like midway through the first quarter right like I was you know and and exactly because I forgot I forgot what it feels like and I just want like I hope this is the time where we do the full exorcism and they put 40 on them and DTR is like the second coming of Brock Purdy and whatever. And I, I that's what I'm rooting for. I'm not rooting mm-hmm. for anything else. I would so much rather be wrong and that be the case, but it just feels to me like if the Browns win this game, it's going to be by uh, the absolute skin of their teeth at the last minute, uh, clawing and scratching for every point that they can get out of the Steelers. Yeah. I wanted to look at this because again, I think you and I talked about it back in week two, it was just home prime time games in Pittsburgh are yeah. literally yeah, it's a the night the nightmare mm-hmm. of all nightmares. So I want to do real quick Browns games, Steelers games at home over the uh I don't know, we'll even go back to the Kitchens era. So if you go 2019 on, Browns win at home, Steelers win in Pittsburgh mm-hmm. next season. Steelers win in Pittsburgh early, Browns win at home. Browns win the playoff game in Pittsburgh. 21 Cleveland loses. This is the one where the, the Steelers came in and won an ugly game, which again is not something that was the rot into the Roethlisberger era. Yep. Some, if I recall, there was like a late deep catch that uh, ended up swinging the game. It was a 15, 10 final. Pittsburgh that was the won. game that ran Odell Beckham out of Cleveland. It, yep. Exactly right. And then 22, they split again, home and away. Browns won 29, 17 at home. Steelers won 26, 14 in Pittsburgh. They have been traditionally splitting these, right? So we'll see if this formula stays in place, man. I don't know. Home and away, they've been splitting except for 21, where 
you know, Ben put together a really ugly game, a lot of a lot of fade throws up the sideline, and they ended up winning. Browns offense couldn't get anything moving in the right direction. That is uh, a little scary of a thought here because that's the type of score I could see this being if Pittsburgh wins. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, we'll ho- hold on to the hope that they keep splitting these home and roads because I, I feel like I just feel like Pittsburgh and Cleveland has felt completely different than it has. Like their home field is enormous. And a large part of like where we're at, Andrew, is you know, Pittsburgh. And, it's been so long since Pittsburgh and Baltimore have been bad. Yeah, a large part of what people want is for them to just be bad for a mm-hmm. little while, just mm-hmm. a little while. Mm-hmm. And when you get this idea that they're not very good, you, you really can take it too far. And I know, right. again, I've been I'm, I'm saying self-admission here. I've been guilty of this uh, a little bit, too. But, yeah, they're they're not they're not going to come to Cleveland and it's not going to be some pushover contest. That's just hard to that's yeah. hard to see coming to fruition. So. It's going to be an ugly score. So whatever score there's a they call it the score gami. I think where you get those really weird scores. I think I predicted like thirteen seven. Not that that's super weird, but mm-hmm. I think it's going to be low scoring and it's going to have a, like a really crooked number. Yeah. <laughs> for uh for the winning team, just a weird, strange number is my kind of hunch. Which uh it's actually going to be our first NFL game, but um we'll pick after the break. So we're going to take a break and then come back from the break and we'll go college. We have eight games in college again. And then we'll dive into the NFL and lead off with Brown Steelers. So we'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful, guys. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and concerts near you. You can find them last minute with killer deals 
and their best price guarantee helps you stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you've had. So why would you go game time? They have flash deals, last minute tickets. They're easy to find. Buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, specifically those Cleveland Browns. You get great images of the seats view which is awesome when you're trying to figure out how the stadium is going to look when you're trying to find that right ticket for the right price. And they have that low price guarantee and event cancellation protection, job loss protection, all of the stuff to help you protect your money, right? It's the fastest growing ticket app for a reason in the country. You get images of your seats. Like I said, before you buy them, you buy tickets in a matter of seconds and they're sent directly to your phone. All right. So you never have to go digging through your email to find something last second. It is always there. You can put them in your wallet app and make sure to have them up and ready to go. It's important to know you can download that game time app, which makes it extremely easy, very intuitive, very fast way to buy those tickets. Create an account and use the promo code OBR for $20 off your first purchase. Again, terms apply. Again, create that account, redeem the code OBR for $20 off. You can do so at GameTime.co. It is not .com, it is GameTime.co. But I would suggest downloading that app, taking advantage of the $20 off coupon, using the promo code OBR. Download GameTime today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, last week, college side. A pretty good week for both of us. You went five and three. I went six and two. So for the collective season, I'm 20, 28, 25, and one. We both have one push. You are 30, 23, and one. So being as that you're up on top, you get to be the leadoff picker every single time this week. So <laughs> <laughs> here we go. Minnesota at Ohio State in a trap game. I think Michigan's trap game is is uh we didn't even dive into that. We we should we should Rutgers, have a conversation right? about that next week. Yeah, they're they're no Maryland. They're Maryland. Oh Maryland, yeah. One. I can't so, this is the same school to me. It's pretty much. So Minnesota, yep. Ohio State, Ohio State's laying 27 and a half at home, and I think they're going to cover it. What do you think? Yep, agreed. All right, rock on. This is a weird slate of college ball. So yeah, you know, it's, not kinda, it's kind of boring. It is kind of boring. It's like the week before the week here mm-hmm. that, uh, that everything gets going. All right, next one is uh, two teams that might have head coaches different than who they currently are right now, UCLA at USC. Uh, the Trojans are laying six at home, and uh, who do you have in that one? I'd take uh, the Trojans here just because I think that yeah, that UCLA news kind of, you know, I think that that can't help when you find out before the season's over that your coach might get fired. I, it doesn't seem like it would help your momentum, especially if they don't like him. I don't I don't know. I, I It's hard to parse that, but I just think that the Trojans' it's a rivalry game, yeah, I think they'll be all right. I'll still take Caleb Williams one more time. I don't know That's how many more games is. he's playing, but we'll yep. take him. Uh, another phone went out in the Pac-12. Utah coming off a very close loss there, touchdown loss to uh, Washington last week. It's Arizona, and I'm really pulling for Arizona. I know you and I both like the tackle they have, keeping our eye kind of squinted on him a little bit. Uh, I, yeah. I'm just this is a sheer fan pick. I'll go first on this one. I'm just going to take Arizona. They're laying one point at home, and I think their offense is explosive. Their quarterback, their young quarterback, is a pretty talented dude. So I'm going to yeah. go, and I like their coach. Their coach, who I can't remember who it is. Jed it's Fish. An awful thing to say. Jed Fish has uh, obviously done well offensively through his career. Mm-hmm. I think he's got a chance to get a, another, a different job, but I hope he stays at Arizona because I really like Arizona being relevant. So I am going to take Arizona. Yeah, I've always been kind of a, I don't know why I have a soft spot for the Wildcats, but I do. I, I like their uniforms. I like, I don't, I yeah. just like everything yeah. about that school. It's always been kind of nice. I, I'm sure, uh, you know, uh, your, your buddy Kyle would be uh, furious with us for saying this, That's but true. uh that's very true. So let's you know, hope. Hopefully, he's not a dedicated listener. Anyway, uh, I'm. I'm. Uh, I'll take the Utes just to to give a little drama here. Um, I do. I do really like what's going on in Arizona, but Utah is a pretty good team too. Yeah, resilient bunch coming off that loss. They usually yeah. answer. 
Uh, Georgia, who blew out Mississippi last week, Ole Miss, who calls them Mississippi, they blew them out 52-17, getting a Tennessee team who had their doors blown off by Missouri, I believe. Mm. So now you get Georgia for their one like true road test of the year, I guess. Mm-hmm. They go to Tennessee, and Tennessee is getting 10 points at home, and I want nothing to do with it. I know I'm supposed to agreed. let you answer first. but No, I, agreed. I it's it's not even close. I mean, I cannot believe this spread. I'll just be honest with with you. I I it doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever, which is usually a red flag that you should take the the opposite side that you think is too easy, but I I guess the only thing Jake now that I'm thinking about it, is there any chance that they are resting a little bit going into the championship game because they've already clinched? I I can't see that. They're trying to keep their streak alive and all right. that stuff. I, yeah. I I just I would be yeah. kind of surprised by that, but I, yeah. it's, I guess it's possible. The line also makes no sense to me. Okay. So, well, if we go down, we go down together. Go down together. All right. So we both take Georgia. Now you get North Carolina coming off of a air quotes up uh, upset over Duke last week. You get Clemson coming off of a, a pretty big win, if I recall. Um, uh, let me make sure I have that correct. Uh, Clemson beat Georgia Tech pretty comfortably, and Georgia Tech's been a, an annoying sort of presence around a lot of the ACC this year. So Clemson coming off back-to-back wins over Notre Dame, Georgia Tech, UNC coming off a big win. You get Clemson laying seven and a half at home. I like the quarterback with North Carolina a lot more than I like the quarterback with Clemson. I know Clemson's a better overall team, but I will say Drake May loses by a touchdown and you get the cover. So I will go with North Carolina. Yeah, it's weird seeing Drake May as a plus touchdown underdog. Uh, Mm -hmm. It doesn't fully make sense to me. does seem like Clemson has figured some stuff out, though. I'll lay the points with Clemson. All right. Next, we have three left. We have the Kansas State Kansas battle, man. And this is this is fun. I mean, I, I know you and I both like Lance Leipold, the coach at Kansas, who I think somebody's got to hire. He's great, uh, and I think Kansas State they have a young quarterback also, as well as their, um, you know, the, the, I can't remember the veterans name all the time. I have watched the young kid play a couple times. Really, really electric runner. They have started to put some things together. So this is like number twenty five Kansas, twenty one Kansas State. Both teams coming in kind of hot at this point. So. Kansas getting 10 at home, kind of interesting that they're, they're getting 10 at home. I don't feel like there's a wide gap between these two kind of fun teams on offense. I'll let you pick first on this one. Yeah, I'm going to take the points here just because I, again, I don't, I, unless there's something, I mean, again, we're, we're not fully up on all the injuries and the ins and outs of these teams. Maybe there's some news that we're not aware of, but uh, I I think Kansas has been a good team all year. I'm not sure where this Kansas State love is coming from. 10, 10 on the road seems high. Yeah, me too. I think again, Kansas played pretty well at home, beat Oklahoma. Yep. Yeah, I, I like that one. The the primetime game of the week is Washington traveling to Oregon State, Corvallis, and uh this is the big one. Um Oregon State playing really good football. Uh I, I mean, they're actually favored in this one, which is peculiar. I, I wouldn't have expected that. I don't feel great about taking them giving up points. If they were like a three point dog at home i would feel pretty good about this is a another weird one andrew i don't know what do you think man where are you going with it i'm telling you jake this week makes me feel completely out of touch because these lines i'm just puzzled time and time again um i i i mean at this price the huskies plus a point makes the most sense to me yeah i have to take that too i don't like double doubling up no you know what i'll just take oregon state listen if you're coming to this show to learn about college football <laughs> then you're in the wrong place so yeah we're doing this for um, fun it's hard, it's hard to remember that sometimes but that is the truth 
literally not even Googling anything to prepare other than finding the lines and That's just right. going off of our, our uh, random amounts of time. Vibes. We have to watch college football on Saturdays. Yeah, yeah. vibes. Uh, Texas, number seven, Texas travels to play Iowa State. Now, Iowa State started the season off pretty rough, but I think they're like five and two in conference play. So it makes for a little bit of an interesting game here. The noise around Texas and like, you know, uh, yeah. Quinn Ewers and all this mm-hmm. stuff. Like, I just think they're in a really sort of interesting spot here to be upset. So it's a seven and a half point uh, line you get here. So Iowa State, you're getting seven and a half at home. Which way are you going with it? Uh, I'm going to lay the points with Texas. I Looking at Iowa State's schedule, I mean, anytime they've played a real team, they, they got absolutely housed by uh, by Oklahoma earlier. So yeah, I feel pretty good about that. Yeah, I'm going to take it too. I just don't trust Iowa State, which probably tells me I should should pull the other mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. That's the sort of thing that happens. All right, there's our eight college games. So, you know, listen, we went five and three and six and two last week. So go make some money off of us, I guess. We're just we're flipping you know, coins the, over here. The least amount of stuff you know, the better uh, on some of these college bets. I'll tell you, I watch a lot of people in some various group chats get really frustrated with college football. And I'm like, man, I'm glad I don't actually bet on that thing. Uh, okay, the switch in the NFL. Browns are, as far as I checked earlier today, you know, uh, I have them actually, I have them laying a point and a half at home. Is that what you're seeing? I want to make sure I have that right. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're, they're between a point and a point and a half favorites, which I am really surprised at how little the line moved prior to Watson's yeah. injury news on Wednesday. It was a three and a half point favorites um, for the Browns, which I think like this is more depressing news. And I, you know, in, in the line of things that I'm saying on a Browns podcast that people aren't going to like, but that shows you, how little respect Watson is getting from books at this point. If, if, yeah. if the difference between him and our fifth round rookie, who's making his second career start and was awful in his first start is two points. That tells you a lot. In, indeed it does. So you tell me who you're picking. I'll take the Steelers. All right. You've been consistent. I will go Browns. All right. So, uh, all right, let me make sure I get this labeled incorrectly. Uh, Cause we keep track of these so diligently. All right, next we have Bears traveling. I think is Justin Fields back. I feel he like is. Justin Fields is back. All right, right on. Maybe a good thing, maybe not. Justin Fields is back. They're going to uh Detroit and playing the Lions. Speaking of the Lions on a random tangent, yeah, Barry Sanders documentary coming out next week. Can't wait to watch that. God, I loved Barry Sanders when I was growing up, man. Is that so a real documentary? That is that one of those PR documentaries? No, it's, it's very real. It's okay. it's through the NFL network and they're like, oh, okay. Barry's a nice. big part of it and a whole bunch of people Great. who were fans back in those days. So yeah, yeah that um, will be worth watching. The old Jim Brown watching. one they did a long time ago was one of my favorite things to watch. Yeah, for sure. I think that it looks like it's going to be a quality production. Tell the Great. story of why he retired and all of that. So uh, if you were trying to get the Pontiac Dome fee, feels, you know, those Ooh. vibes back mm-hmm. again, you're going to get, get in there. Lions given seven and a half at home. That's a big number. Even though I don't like the Bears, it's a big number. Whew. It is a big number. All right, where are you going with it? Yeah, I mean, the Lions have kind of been putting it on teams a little bit, uh, you know, when they when they get going. So I, I, I feel, I guess, relatively confident in laying the points here, um, despite the number being pretty, pretty juicy. But they've, you know, like if you look at the teams that they've played that have been below them competition-wise, which I think the Bears definitely are, they tend to take care of business. So I'll lay the points. Okay, I'm going to take the upset in terms of not calling for the outright win, which, listen, you have the right to pick a money line this week if you want, because last week I picked a money line. I picked the Texans to straight up beat the Bengals. You sure did. So I, I added that to my number, which I should have updated everybody. Last week you went 5-7-1. I had a, a rare, really good week and went 10-3-1. I'm 42-39-2 for the year. You are 43-37-2. So I'm up a game in terms of just 
sheer trying. So you have like a free money line play uh, to 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 use if you'd like to. Somewhere. Oh, that's nice. You know, okay. Yeah, you know, I'll keep that in my pocket. It's like it's like a lifeline back in yeah. the day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or a I chance take, to lose more. Exactly right. I will take the Bears. You are going to take uh, the Lions. I'm not yep. calling a money line on that one. I think the Bears lose by a touchdown. Next is Chargers and Packers. Two disappointing football teams this year. Packers are getting three points at home, so they're favoring the Chargers in this one, which is a little surprising. I guess Chargers came off a really good week of offensive football, so they're maybe looking at that a little bit, but I love the line here. Uh, which way are you going? Yeah, I this is one that is, is hard for me because I really want – yeah, I'll just do it. I'll, I'll take the Packers. I okay, just – going- I love picking against the Chargers and Brandon Staley. Everybody knows it. Um, it's just it's recreation for me, and uh, the the weather does look to be a little bit iffy in Green Bay on Sunday. So let's just say this is one where Herbert probably won't be at his best. Okay, right on. So you're taking. Uh, I'm going to take the Chargers in this one to cover. You're going to take Packers. All right, Raiders at Dolphins. Dolphins laying thirteen. Dolphins have been pretty consistently beating bad football teams, and I'm not sure if you still view the Raiders as a really bad football team, but this is a game that, like the Dolphins, you look at these lines and you're like, man, that is a juicy line. That's a lot of points, but they continually have taken care of these. The good teams, they have not figured yeah. anything out, but mm-hmm. the bad teams, uh, on the contrary. It's, so It's been a really reliable recipe from a betting angle all season is that you can yeah. lay whatever you need to lay to bet against them against or bet bet on them against bad teams and then fade them against the good teams. So yeah, I'll lay the 13 points. It's I I never do this in the NFL, but this is the team to do it with. I'm doing it too. So double up, ride together. Giants at Commanders. Uh Commanders are laying eight and a half at home. The Giants are putting out the same rough quarterback situation. I know the commanders are four and six, not a very good football team, but they can score. So I'm yeah. I'm I'm gonna roll with the commanders in this one and say they cover by a ten point win. Yeah, I mean the Giants have nothing going for them. The quarterback is really bad. The defense has been playing really poorly. It's it's just <laughs> if there was like an anti coach of the year, you know, like the 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 guy that deserves the least amount of credit, I think Brian Dable has tarnished himself the most in my estimation. I feel pretty good about our preseason prediction, you and I on that one too. Yeah, we nailed that. They would fall back. Uh, yeah, again, like they're they're playing a third string quarterback with a relatively shaky offensive line at times. Kind of sounds familiar, doesn't it? But the Browns it are getting really more does. out of their options. So, all right, both going with Commanders, Cowboys at Panthers. Panthers are getting ten and a half at home. I heard Frank Reich talking about they were practicing the silent count this week for a home game because they thought <laughs> so many Cowboys fans would be in the stands. The Panthers are an absolute mess uh, in this situation. Uh, but I am going to take them to cover. They're going to lose by 10 is my thought. Oh. Because it acts like the Cowboys have not played these bad teams. I mean, other than what they did to the Giants, but we know where the Giants are right now. I just feel like this is a sneaky hangaround game for the Panthers. Not that they're winning by any means, but I'm going to take them to get the, get a little bit of a cover there. The Cowboys on the road in those games. Think back to the Cardinals game as yeah, an example. I, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm leaning that direction. So the Cowboys win, Panthers cover. I'll take the – or no, I will lay the points with the Cowboys. Um, I think they found something with C.D. Lamb. Yeah, that guy's pretty good. They found – like, they figured out that guy can play. Mm-hmm. We should, yeah. you know, I, try and, to do it him. And I'll just – you know, I'll just – like, rem- my prediction with the Cowboys has always been good regular season team, and then they get annihilated in the playoffs. I think they're still on track for that. So I think they 
I think they can embarrass a bad team like the Panthers. It's less really about what their offense is going to do. It's more about what the Cowboys defense is going to do to the Panthers offense and Bryce Young. Like it's going to be bad. Yeah, it's fair. It's very fair. Titans at Jags. Uh, Jags are laying seven at home. I don't, I mean, something about the Jags, man. They're, they're strange. I have a hard time trusting them with seven points, even if, even if it's just the Titans, but I feel like the Titans have been hanging around with teams. They got some good vibes. The Nissan announcement today for their new stadium, keeping that alive for 20 years. I think I'm going to take the Titans to not win, but just hang around this game with the Jags and be in the, be in the ballpark. I'll lay the points with the, uh, the Jaguars. Um, the, the Titans have been really, really bad on the road. I think they're winless on the road. And um, I think the Jaguars can kind of beat up what they like to do, running the ball and stuff like that. And it, to me, this feels like a game script game where the Jaguars get ahead early and the Titans, you know, are not going to be able to pass to catch up. All right. Cardinals at Texans. I'm interested in this because I think the Cardinals are better with Kyler, quite obviously. Yes. And I think that like the Texans is a big time favorite. Six points makes you a pretty big time favorite. For sure. I'm a little nervous about them. So I'm going to take the Cardinals to cover the six, not calling it a Cardinals win, but I like getting six points with this uh, Cardinals team on the road in, in Houston. Yeah, that that feels to me like a misevaluation two ways, right? One, the Cardinals not getting enough respect with Kyler, and then also the Texans getting a little too much love now because of what they did to the Bengals last week. So, mm-hmm. I having said that, C.J. Stroud, like he deserves your faith. It's really hard. It's really really hard. So, I'm I'm very torn on this because it's it's one of those things where I think all the fundamentals point towards the Cardinals. And then you are realizing that you're betting against CJ Stroud and he's just been on a hot streak. Like I do think there's a chance he steals the MVP award. That's wild. Like he's it's just, really he's been, wild to think he's been that good, you know? Yeah. So you know what? Uh, it's more fun to root for him. So I will lay the points with the Texans. Yeah. I think uh, what I'm calling here is a missed Cardinals field goal to tie it late. There you go. So that, that still gives me my Cardinals cover. Anyway, uh, 405 uh, games now. Bucks at the 49ers and this is this is 12 points and like I mean the Bucks have just kind of hung around most teams all year yeah and I know it's Mayfield visiting San Francisco which has not, not been kind to him at all but like <laughs> I I just have a hard time trusting the 49ers on a consistent basis with this many points so I think they got the Jags right time right place and if you watch some of those plays the Jags were scoring on it was like or sorry, the 49ers did just some just some really amazing stuff going on there. And I, I think the Bucks defense is okay uh, enough at certain spots of that defense to give them some issues. So I think I'm going to take the Bucks and the points and just call that. I, I really like the points in this one. Yeah, 12 does feel high, but I also think this is, you know, this is where Mayfield's shortcomings can show up because the 49ers have a good defense and the Bucks are going to have to pass to score enough to hang in this game. Um, man, I'm, I, this is another one where I'm conflicted. They did a good job with these lines this week. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll join you and say 12 is too high. 10, 10 would feel more fair to me. I'll, I'll take All right. It. Cause I was going to say at this point this week, you have taken lines of seven and a half. I know you've taken line of 13, eight and a half, 10 and a half, seven, six, and you would have taken a 12. I'm like, Ooh, all right. Yeah. Uh, jets at bills. Jets obviously beat the bills the first time around. The bills are who. Things are dicey yeah. over in Buffalo. I'm going to cash I, in my money line chip here, Jake. Okay. You're taking Jets money line? You got it. Jets and the money line. All right. I'm going to put the money line chip in there. We got it. I'll take the Bills to bounce back for no other reason than just, I guess, they, they, they should. But as we know with the Bills this year, the should part of things has not worked out. I don't feel good about it. 
Seahawks at Rams in a very forgettable contest. It is the Rams getting a point at home, which tells you how they view the Seahawks across the NFL right now, which is kind of just a very average football team, mm-hmm. which I would agree with. Uh, I don't think Geno Smith's playing very good football collectively, and I think that defense is a tinge overrated. So I am going to take, having said all that negativity, the Seahawks to cover mm-hmm. the one point. Yep. I will take the Seahawks as well, please. All right. Sunday night football Vikings, six and four Vikings at the four and five Broncos and the Broncos are giving two and a half. I'm going to lay the points with the Broncos here. Okay. Uh, I, it's not that I like what they're doing. I wouldn't, I wouldn't describe the emotion I feel as like, but I understand it. Okay. And the defense is playing no... better. The Dobbs yeah. thing has to stop at some point. It just has to, it That's must what they say. That's what they say. I'm going to take the Dobbs train. I'm going to get my ticket. It's like the Polar Express. I'm going to hop on board. Just ride the Let, magical ride. And I'll just throw this go. in here. I know that it's revisionist history, you know, that the Browns traded him. And I, I think we were all pretty much on board and understanding what they were doing when they did it in late August. If the Browns lose to Pittsburgh and then Dobbs in prime time is really good, it just yeah, is not going to feel good. It's not going to feel good. I don't like to feel bad, but it's going to make me feel bad. Very fair. And now we get the prime time of all prime times. Eagles at Chiefs, probably your most likely Super Bowl preview. Yep. It's a Monday night game. It's in Kansas City. The Chiefs are laying two and a half. They view these teams very evenly, obviously, with that nine. Obviously, the Chiefs get some of the more uh, advantageous home field situations here with their, they just have a raucous great. You very rarely even see any away fans in the sea of all that red. So uh, the Chiefs do a nice job with that. They're tough to beat at home. Where are you going with this one? Uh, this is the single game I feel the best about of all of them. I'm taking the Chiefs. I'm going to take the Eagles. Great. There we go. Balance each other out pretty well in this one. So one of us is going to have a great week. One of us is going to have a really bad week. Yeah, we went head-to-head on almost everything. <laughs> we sure did. We sure did. So, again, our, our picks are going to keep flipping week to week. It's going to be a roller coaster ride. So keep joining us. That's it for your weekend edition. A lot of good stuff, a lot of college picks, a lot of NFL picks, and then all of your injury updates, the vibes around the Browns. You know, I thought that it was great that David Njoku today said that he felt pretty strongly about Dorian and talking about him kind of correcting the coaches on some things that he caught were an issue with like the script of the practice and stuff like like things you want to hear, like cerebral stuff that you want to hear from a young quarterback. So we're encouraged, we're, we're confident, but we're nervous, right? That's how you kind of feel about this game. There's like a lot of variables that you feel good about the Browns, but then there's those few for the Steelers that can really swing a game and they've been swinging games for them all year. So we'll be back tomorrow. Brad Ward will join me. We'll do the uh, game day preview and then we will dive into everything about the game on Sunday night with the recap show. And then obviously on Monday and throughout the following week, huge game, huge weekend of football should be a fun time. Thanks to Andrew for being here. Thanks to you guys for making the OBR film breakdown a part of your day. Have a fantastic Saturday and go Browns. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.